welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we'll be talking through examples of the nature of friendships. All right, and we are back uh, talking about friendships again today. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of move forward in our friendship series. We've been working on that for a little bit now, and um, it's been good so far. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. talking about it. So last last episode, if you didn't get a chance, we talked uh, through a lot of the, really it was like the theology maybe behind friendship. It was a lot of biblical examples. Right of friendship. So yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah. Today will be a little bit different, but it's, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like we've been doing this series for a really long time. Yeah. It does feel that way, but I, you know, we only have two <laughs> episodes yeah. on it yeah. yet. I think that's just because we've had to take breaks and do different things and right. you know, sickness and stuff like that. Well, hopefully so. you don't get tired of it. Stick with us. Yes. We've got a couple more episodes planned. We'll sprinkle in some other things throughout. So mm-hmm. it doesn't get too, uh, doesn't stale. feel stale. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But hopefully talking about friendships is encouraging and helpful. So that's, you know, it, this is, and I'll be honest, this episode was, was pretty hard, uh, and, and to, to talk through because, you know, finding real life examples mm-hmm. of like true deep friendship is not actually that easy. You know, it's pretty difficult and to understand the nature of those friendships and what's kind of common, through those different examples, uh, it takes some some looking yeah. into. Well, you mean you're talking about well-known uh, people, well-known right. examples. Right, right. There's probably lots of personal examples that people could point to. Sure, sure. Uh, but but ones know, that everyone would be able to say, oh, I know who that person is. <laughs> right. That's that's kind of hard because a lot of times the the popular. I even looked up like famous friendships. And it's really funny. The Matt the, Damon and Ben Affleck. It is that. It's that stuff. That's exactly what it is. And you're like, I know the story behind those guys. That's they're not good friends. You know, um, maybe those guys are. I don't know. But a lot of those famous ones aren't. So this was kind of hard. Um, but yeah, the, one of the things we're doing is talking through some of these kind of historical examples of friendship. Mm-hmm. But that's not the the main point we're not trying to just do like a history lesson on this yeah no we really want some some practical things i like what you've drawn out here of some of essential qualities in what a good friendship you know you look at examples in in life and then you can kind of pull out different themes or different qualities that will help to sort of define what that looks like and then some of those things can be brought over into your life yeah and your friendships and you can see where that you know yeah that's that's exactly the the hope behind this and uh i almost even scrapped this episode because it was just like i don't want to just talk about historical figures just because but then as i was looking i I found and really the help of uh, c.s lewis in the four loves Mm -hmm. that was a real big help and it's i i actually you look up on YouTube, there's uh, some really good resources there. Uh, there's a thing called C.S. Lewis Doodles, and uh, it's a guy who illustrates mm. while the books, yes. the literature of C.S. Lewis that. is written, read, and the four loves on friendship. I, I listened through that. It was really helpful. But it's funny. There's these these kind of things that flow in friendship, and Lewis draws out that the the soil to friendship is companionship. 
Mm. You're not going to become friends with somebody that you aren't at least first companions with. Mm -hmm. If you don't ever, if you're never around the person, right. you don't have any points of contact, you're not going to be friends. Sure. We've talked about that. Uh, proximity, uh, time, right. you know, those type of things have to be spent together to develop a friendship. And so companionship is the first quality that you're going to see in all of these things. The next is commonality. These, these friendships, all these people all had something in common with one another and they develop their friendships through those commonalities. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say that, uh, that the person that you're friends with has to have everything in common with exactly. you, but there has to be something that draws you together or something that's in common. Um, you know, I think, I think that's important to understand, like you can be different people that, like different things mm -hmm. or that have different personalities. In fact, sometimes, you know, opposites attract in, in these types of relationships too. Yes. That that's a huge aspect. And I hope we'll see that as we look at these examples, but then you find that in order for the friendship to become this deep, the type of friendship we're talking about, there's this confidence that you have with one another, this trust where you open yourself up and you, I mean, you bear your soul to this person. Um, and then you also allow this person to interact with that. You, they critique you and you critique them. And, and it's an encouraging up, you know, it's a building critique, but it's, it's still something where you let that person affect you and change you. Yeah. That, you know, I think people's circle of friendship gets really small when you get to that, that yes. area because people don't like that from just anybody you know you have to be really close to the person to receive that helpful mm -hmm. critique in your life well and that's why it's almost like a progression of these yeah. things mm -hmm. and then finally there's the continuation you know it's either going to keep going or it's going to fade and I, we'll see in some examples how that kind of played out right so you have companionship commonality confidence critique and continuation mm -hmm. that's right so you made them all c words i, I honestly alliterate i didn't even mean to it just <laughs> happened i was working on this a long time and then all of a sudden i was like aha here it is you know um brian has the heart of an old school pastor that wants to alliterate everything even now you didn't do it here but i've seen some pretty crazy alliterations to make like to make it like make yes. sense yeah and then like the words like we never use ever these, i know yeah these words they're just the craziest let me explain words what this word means right. based on its etymology just so it works in my outline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, you know, hopefully not what we did here. But what I what I was doing, what I thought through, we we used our our um, resource, how should we develop biblical friendship by Haken and Beaky. I've, I was looking at that, and we've got a couple examples from them. But then thinking through history, I wanted to see some other historical figures that we can look to to see are these things really there? Are mm. these qualities really there in friendship? And so I looked at a, a couple of unbelievers, people before the time of Christ, back in the ancient world. The first is uh, Alexander the Great and his friend Hephaestion. I think that's how you say it. And so, Sounds good to me. Just say it with confidence. Think, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I botched that. Um, <laughs> but they lived in the 300s BC. Most everybody knows Alexander the Great, but Hephaestion is not really somebody that you know very well. But these people, these guys were inseparable best friends. And so really quickly, they, they had companionship because they trained together under Aristotle. They were in school together, essentially. And in school, they forged this bond of commonality, their common interest over philosophy and especially military training, and their own personal thoughts. So like 
we don't really know what was common between them because it was between them. Mm. They shared their thoughts to each other, not to the rest of the world, but they found this commonality. And Aristotle even is quoted to describe their friendship as one soul abiding in two bodies. So these guys were absolutely inseparable. And so they had confidence in each other. And uh, Alexander the Great said that by far the dearest of all the king's friends, well, it was said of him that all of the king's friends, Hephaestion had been brought up with Alexander and shared all his secrets. And that to me is one of the things we're going to see over and over and over again in these friendships is that these close friendships share their secrets. And so these are real quotes of this historical friendship. And uh, there, there's this one scene. This is a fun scene. There's, uh, they're, they're conquering. So, so Hephaestion and, and Alexander the Great have just gotten done destroying. I think it was Darius the Third's, uh, you know, army they were conquering. And Darius the Third's mother was there, and she came, and she thought Hephaestion was Alexander because he looked more kingly than Alexander did. And so she throws herself on the ground and she's begging for her life and stuff. And, and the guys basically like laugh at her and say, Hey lady, calm down. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Alexander. And she's like super embarrassed. But Alexander then says to her, you were not mistaken, mother, this man too is Alexander. Mm. And so you just see this, this really deep love for one another um, that flowed over into critique. Hephaestion was the guy who Alexander asked for, you know, counsel. I mean, he was the second in command. And when he died, when Hephaestion died suddenly, Alexander was just crippled. He just, mm. he was just basically done. And funnily enough, eight months later, he died. And, you know, those were not necessarily related. Mm. But I do think it's interesting that it, Alexander only lived eight months without his best friend. Mm. And so there's this there's this desire for continuation that when he died he was distraught. Sure. Is there anything that we can draw from that relationship or that we can sort of bring over into our own friendships? So first thing I want us to see is that these these guys were these guys were um in school together, right? Mm. So, so this stuff gets like really rubber meets the road when you think about the people that you're around. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes we want to like curate our own friends. We want to make our friends. We, we think, we think we have this idea of who my friend is supposed to be, mm -hmm. but what we need to be doing is looking at the people who are around us. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, uh, when you have somebody that just, it's it's not happenstance, but it feels like happenstance. You mm -hmm, know, God has mm -hmm. ordained and is sovereign over all the events of our life, but it feels like happenstance. Like you just happen to meet this person one day and then through a series of events, you become friends with them. And it's like, I would never have like, if I, if I had a bunch of people lined up, I would never pick that person, right. but they just become your friend because, um, you, you just form this bond that seems, um, it's almost spiritual in a sense, you know? It really is, and it's funny how that even exists for these these unbelievers. But the next examples that we're going to look at from history are all Christians, all believers, mm -hmm. and as you read, we're not going to be able to show this very clearly here, but if you ever read any, any works or, or biographies on these people, you'll see the depth of their friendship. I, I think it, it was 
I do think it was deeper, but I think that there's this commonality in friendships, even if even through with unbelievers. So these next two guys are Gregory of Nanzianzus and Basil the Great. Okay. Um, these guys were fellow bishops. They lived in the fourth century AD, so 300s AD. And um, they are two of the three bishops that are called the Cappadocian Fathers. So these are really important figures in church history. They're, they're known for lots of stuff, but especially their defense of the doctrine of the Trinity. So they and like Augustine, these all these guys knew each other and wrote with one another and, and really debated and, and talked through the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, here's a great quote from our resource it, it, for, regarding commonality. One of the things that Gregory says of Basil, he says, In studies, in lodgings, in discussions, I had him as a companion. We had all things in common. But above all, it was God, of course, and a mutual desire for higher things that drew us to each other. Uh, as far as confidence, he also says, as a result, we reached such a high pitch of confidence that we revealed the depths of our hearts becoming ever more united in our yearning. And so I, that is interesting that here we have these, these examples of friendship, and in them there are quotes regarding their, their oneness of heart, mm. you know, and their ability to reveal their, their deepest thoughts to one another yeah this is important i think i think one of the big takeaways from a friendship like this is um the the values uh, mm. core values have, yes. have to be similar yep I'm not saying that everything has to line up but it's hard to uh be friends with someone when when the core values especially for for the christian it's hard to find encouragement to christ and to be um you know just just encouraged in your theology and in your faith without someone that's like-minded once again i don't yeah. think everything has to be but i think yes. some of those core tenets have to be there that's good i'm glad you said that because because you're right i think that's that's the hammer hitting the nail on the head like the commonality that we're talking about isn't just you know they they uh, like tea you know yeah. like it's not only that those things help to build the friendship but but at the root of it, it's it's your core beliefs, and and are those things lining up together? Right. Because then you know they have this critique where I mean they're different people, and they're like, hey, I think you're wrong about this, you right. know. Um, but it's because of their common core beliefs that they're able to to really enjoy that friendship and grow through that critique. And so you know they continued on. Um, I, I one of you know one of them died before the other, and it was just. In every one of these examples, the the feeling of loss is described as though they lost, you know, the closest person in their life. Mm. And so, you know, they're not family members, but it, it sounds like a family member just died. Mm. And so I think that's really important to recognize. Um, next examples, John Calvin. Here's, here's an interesting thing. These are three people. So friendships are not only between two people, and C.S. Lewis talks a lot about mm -hmm. that. Friendship is not only just two people. In yeah. fact, it usually desires more. Could be a group. Mm -hmm. And so Calvin and like Gilliam, the friends. Yeah, from exactly. From the TV show Friends. The TV. I actually that was when I looked up. I could not stop finding things about Friends. I was like, I'm not Friends. The TV the show. The TV show. <laughs> like I, I'm not trying to find out more about Joey. Come on. Like, <laughs> um, 
So John Calvin, Gilliam, Gilliam Farrell, or William Farrell, and Pierre Verret in the 1500s, they were reformers. They worked together in ministry. And it's funny, Farrell is actually the guy who called Verret to ministry and even convinced Calvin to join him in, in Geneva. Mm-hmm. So Farrell's kind of the, the guy pulling these, these three together. Mm-hmm. But then Calvin is the one who really, like, generates this this awesome friendship between them and so they they had this commonality of theological ideas and just working to to reform the church and uh, here's a great quote about their confidence they had in one another it says this is calvin he says i do not believe that there have ever been such friends who have lived together in such a deep friendship in their very in their everyday style of life in this world as we have had in our ministry I have served here in the office of pastor with you two. There is never any appearance of envy. It seems to me that you two and I were as one person. So here's another mm-hmm. quote saying what we've already heard. We're the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the same person. Yeah. In their critique, I mean, they, they they just helped each other hone their skills in preaching. And Calvin even has a letter where he writes to Farrell and he says, hey, I've been hearing your sermons are too long shorten them you know he like tells them yeah it tells them like fix this well i think it's interesting uh you know when you have uh these type of when you have a type of friendship that is a godly biblical friendship it's going to help you in to grow in your faith but also to just help you grow as a person you know one of the things that uh you know that we know about calvin is he he did not desire uh, a position of leadership right you know, he wanted to be left alone to write and just <laughs> to study. Um, but there were there, God placed certain people in his life, and I'm sure these friends are yes, part of Farrell that. Is that is that guy? Yeah, that um, that pushed him to fulfill God's mission and God's calling. Yeah. And if you have friendships that are that are trying to keep you from from fulfilling mm. what God has called you to do, then it's not a true friendship. A, right. a true friendship, someone's going to uh, push you and encourage you to keep pressing forward to with what God has called you to do. That's 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 huge and that's that's that idea of critique. It's not it's not literal criticism. It's right. it's really pushing and encouraging and 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 helping. It's iron sharpening iron. Right. And that always happens. So we in have these so many toxic friendships because people are not doing things like this. You know, we, yeah. we don't want what's best for the people. The other person. Right. We want what's best for me. Right. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking that's not what godly friendships are and so listen to this their continuation they didn't stay all together they were ministering in different areas they didn't have you know uh they didn't have the ability to just text each other instantly so they had to write letters there are 163 surviving letters from calvin to farrell and 137 letters from farrell to calvin there's 204 letters from calvin to veray and 185 letters from veray to calvin so like these are not little text messages. These are letters, yeah. you know, that, that took them a long time to write. Think about the amount of time mm-hmm. that had to go into keeping those relationships alive. I think that that is what we see here is they spent the time it took right. to keep those friendships alive. Well, and I think, like, if you develop a friendship with someone, then there's a there's a distance or a time, you know, it's it's. It, the way you know it's a good friendship mm-hmm. is when you can just kind of fall right back into that friendship, even though you've been away for like months or years. That's you know? that's absolutely. And, and Lewis talks about that in the in the Four Loves, and his point is, 
if your friendship is only based on the external things, then when you come back to each other after a long time apart, you're not going to have anything in common anymore. Right. But if your friendship is based on the person, the 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 person being who he is and and the other and you being who you are, then you come back and it doesn't matter what is different in your life because because you're all about that person, mm-hmm. not those simple things. Right. And so here's an interesting one though, and this is more of a modern look at some some modern you know people. They're they're from the 20th century, and I've said a lot about Lewis. Um, we talk about these guys a lot mm-hmm. because they're so influential. And as I was reading Lewis, I just thought, like, yeah, let's think about C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. They were really, really close friends, but their friendship is is a really good look because it's more complicated. Mm. It's uh, There's actually some messiness to their friendship, um, which I did not know until I was looking into it. But first, you know, they met at Oxford. They were both professors there eventually, and uh, they had similar life experiences. They both lost parents at young ages. They both fought through World War One. They had a lot of the same interests. They loved language and literature and, and all these other things. And eventually, through Tolkien's leading, Jesus was their commonality, right? Um, they had confidence in one another. Tolkien once wrote, he said, the unpayable debt that I owe to him was not influence, but sheer encouragement. He was for a long time my only audience. And so Tolkien loved Lewis, and Lewis loved Tolkien. They had this group called the Inklings, Inklings, and those are, you know, this is a group of people who all had these close friendships, and uh, they shared their literary works. I mean, so they're pouring out these things that they haven't shown anyone else. And they are then able to critique one another. And so they had this trust. They were able to sharpen one another. And uh, Lewis and Tolkien actually helped each other in their publishing. Lewis was constantly pushing Tolkien like, hey, finish your book. Finish The Lord of the Rings and get it published. Get it out there. If it weren't for Lewis pushing him, uh, it might not have happened. Mm -hmm. And Tolkien on the other side, he, he helped connect Lewis to different publishers for his um, for one of his science fiction novels. Mm. So, like, these things wouldn't have happened if it weren't for these friendships pushing each other. But here's where it gets messy. As Lewis, especially... So Lewis actually became more famous than Tolkien. And as this started happening, and as they're writing... You mean as they're uh, in their current in their, time. Yes, in their current time. Nowadays, I think Tolkien... People know Tolkien more than Lewis. Probably. But at the time, T- Lewis was more famous than Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And they uh, had different writing styles. Lewis was allegory and Tolkien was not. And they didn't like the other person's writing style. And so they, they came to the place where eventually they, they were not both at Oxford anymore. There was distance. They had disagreements. And ultimately the time. They just didn't have the time. And so their friendship faded. But what's what's here? Here's the thing about that continuation and, and the way we feel about these deep friendships. What Tolkien said when Lewis died, he said that it felt to him as though an axe had hit. Had, it was an axe mm. blow mm-hmm. at the root of the tree, and so for Tolkien, the death of Lewis, even though they were not close at that time, mm-hmm. because of their deep friendship, it felt like he had been just struck at mm. the roots. It's man. and so we see how deeply these friendships affect us. It's almost like we have died ourselves. Yeah, and I think there's a good lesson here for Christians, you know, as we are in the world at our places of, of, of business or, you know, at our kids' 
ball teams or, or whatever, that we can develop friendships even with non-believers as long as we keep our Christian identity. Right. You know, yes. we need to be hopefully the ones influencing them and not vice versa. You know, they were drawn together because of their profession right. and encouraging yeah, each Lewis other with was writing. not a believer yet. Yeah. Right. And so I want to, I want to be clear that, you know, Christians don't only have to be friends with Christians. Right. Now we need to have Christian relationships that encourage us and spur us on. We've talked a lot about that, right. but you can develop great deep friendships with, with non-believers as long as they respect and understand what you believe and why you believe that. And there's an opportunity for you to maintain your Christian identity. They're not trying to, you know, pull, right. they're, they're not trying to, to, to pull you away from that. You know, yeah, they're not hostile, and, and to really, it. vice yeah. vice versa. You respect their identity as well, That's right? You know, while sharing the truth of the gospel, you're not trying to necessarily convince them of anything. You're just you're putting it out there mm-hmm. so that they can hear that truth. And if God would call out to them, and as He did to C.S. Lewis, then they may respond to that, you right. know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's, that's right. It's like, it's not like we are trying to convince them because we love them, but, but we're not trying to force anything right. because we love them. It's not like our friendship is contingent on them thinking the way we do. Right. Cause then we're just trying to make a yes man who just makes us feel better about ourselves. Right. And again, that's not what it's friendship so is much about. better for somebody to come to Christ in their, in their own way than me trying to like convince them right. and trying to, uh, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost manipulate. Yeah. Them, right. And I've seen that. I mean, it's honestly, it can be kind of tempting because right. you can, you know, you can say some of the words, some of the things to scare people into, into, you know, praying a prayer. And, but that's not, that's not really what we want for our friends. Right. We don't want to manipulate them into loving Jesus. Cause that's not, that's not genuine love. Right. So that's, that was a great example from them, you know, Tolkien and Lewis, they spent hours and hours and hours talking about these things. But here's the thing. Here's what we need to, I think, come away with, right? There's just a few things that we need to see from these examples is that when we look at our friendships, the the people that we spend time with, we need to see if we have friends that have these qualities. Like, look, you know, think about in your friendships, are these people that you share your secrets with? Like, is this somebody that you could pour your soul out to? Is this somebody who can say hard things to you and critique you, you know? Because if those friendships are not to that level, then you probably are still at the level of companionship and probably and, and you know, probably commonality. And so if you're looking at that and you do have friends that you uh, share your soul with and and who do critique you, invest in those friendships. Like don't like recognize that is this person is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Recognize that and invest in them. Don't let that go. That make sure you are like Calvin. You're writing the letters. You're the one texting. I've got a friend who calls me all the time. And if it weren't for him, you know, just being that good friend, I, I don't know where we'd be. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important. But if you don't have those, well then look at the people that you do have commonality with and and maybe try to spend more time with them. See, see, see if maybe this could be a friendship in the making, you know? And I think a lot of times we don't, we, we want to make friends without knowing how friendship is made. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And so I'm excited because the next three episodes are really going to be all about making friends, right? right? And how to deal with problems and friendships, practical steps you need to take. I mean, literally, like just how, what do I do? Step one to make a friend. We're mm-hmm. going to be talking all about those. And so, so far, we've kind of just laid the groundwork for what friendship is, the biblical understanding of friendship and real life examples of friendship today. And then we're going to get into how we can do it where the rubber meets the road. Mm. So practical, practical examples. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So this was, you know, hopefully a helpful episode. I hope you see those different qualities of companionship, commonality, confidence, critique, and continuation. And I hope that you have that in your life. And if you don't pray and ask the Lord to show you who those people could be, and then you go after them, you be the friend. What do you That's think? That's good. Yep. I like it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, listeners, thanks for hanging with us. And uh, we've got some other stuff that we are working on. And so we're pretty excited about it. Yes. Um, You got any comments (laughs) or uh, questions, please email us, f4l at oakhillbc.org. You can also, um, you can comment, you know, let us know your feedback. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. That's right. So, well, thank you for listening. And we'll we'll see see you next time. time.